It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Today you got Schmelk, Fiegels, and Datino, a three-for-one special. The phone number is 973-667-1960. Or if you want to go to Twitter, it is hashtag Giants Chat. I actually got a couple of uh, hashtag Giants Chats the last couple of days. Maybe we'll hit those today as we take your calls. And, folks, just a reminder that you can find the Giants Huddle Podcast and Big Blue Kickoff Live, our two primary podcasts, on the Giants Podcast Network presented by Investors Bank which you can find in the Giants mobile app on all your favorite podcast platforms and at Giants.com slash podcast. And also, folks, just a heads up, the Giants Rewind podcast is no more. So we posted their last Rewind podcast of yesterday. It was a crossover with the huddle. So we're still going to do those same interviews that we did with, you know, Carl Banks and Sean O'Hara and David Deal and Howard Cross and Victor Cruz that normally showed up on Rewind. We're just going to incorporate those into the huddle podcast feed. And the reason is that Rewind was really mostly an in-season podcast. We did maybe a half dozen in the offseason. We didn't think it was consistent enough. So we're just combining the two feeds. So if you subscribe to the Rewind podcast, make sure you go and subscribe to the huddle. And the huddle is also where, folks, we have all our major interviews happening. I had Peter King this week. I have Bruce Feldman, college football reporter, coming up on Monday. Uh, like I said, Sean O'Hara just went up there. We've had Trevor Sikama. Uh, we've had a bunch of other guys as well. So make sure you go check that out and subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. And you can find the video of some of those interviews up on the Giants YouTube channel as well. I know yesterday I teased the fact that we were supposed to have Dane Brugler today from The Athletic, one of our favorite draft guys. Unfortunately, Dane has a pregnant wife at home that is pregnant with twins, and she's having a rough day. Uh, so he asked very kindly if he could push it off. We said, absolutely, though none of us are dealing with it presently. We've all dealt with pregnant wives that are not feeling well. And Godspeed to him, sir. We hope they are doing well. Um, so we will not have Dane today. We'll have him at some point next week. We'll figure that out. But in the meantime, gentlemen, this is where I want to go this week because we've had guests this week talking about the draft and the prospects, and we've kind of been up and down this class a bit. So here's where I'm going to start with you guys. And, Jeff, let's start with you since we haven't heard from you since Monday. Okay. What is your one big thing about this draft class that you've learned or you're thinking about or you think is most important that fans out there need to understand and know? Mm, good question. Um, boy, I, I would say that they need to know and, and learn that this is not a perfect science. Um, I think that this year for the Giants in particular, um, there's a lot of exciting players above them and that it's going to be dictated by the quarterbacks, and I feel like that's just what's happening lately um, the last few years, that those players are going to move down towards the Giants' 11th pick. And at 11, you got to be patient that you're going to get a player that's going to help your team immediately, and I think that's going to happen. That's what I want people to understand. However, there's different scenarios, and we've talked about all these. If all the quarterbacks go, then I think there's going to be some – Different scenarios that the Giants will be up against. They might be able to get an offensive tackle like uh, Panay Sewell. He might just fall there. I don't know. They might get that Pitts kid. I don't know either. But that's what I want people to understand and know that this is not perfect and it's very, it's very fluid. 
And as we go sooner we get to this point, you're going to start seeing that all these quarterbacks, how guys are moving above one another. We see this every year. But bottom line is the Giants will have their eyes on, on these guys, and there's going to be some good people at 11. That's what I want you to know. Paul, how about you? Well, I guess I probably have two things to say about this, John. And, and the first one would be in regarding the, the quarterbacks, you know, I, I have to wonder if at some point maybe the tide will turn the other way and these franchises will be smart enough to realize that these quarterbacks don't belong in the top ten outside of Lawrence at number one. Um, you know, it's just mm-hmm. natural. People get, get overinflated with these guys. They buy the hype. And they jump, and they they make very, 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 very poor decisions. I would not. Hold, I, I would not hold your breath on that, Paul. I know, I know. <laughs> I just wonder if it might finally happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, how many times do you have to see the Haskins and the Josh Rosens of the world get drafted highly in the first round to turn out to be not a whole lot? Mitch Trubisky and, and some of these other guys. Uh, at some point in time, somebody's got to learn their lesson and realize that these guys need to be drafted closer to where their value lies. I wonder if this is the year. I don't think it will be. That, mm-hmm. That's my first uh, uh, item on this. And I guess the, the second item is um, I think people need to understand, and this is more for them than it is for me, and we've tried to warn them about this, and I just don't know how many people are going to believe it, but you're going to have the highest percentage of misses and busts in the first three rounds of this draft than you have had in a very, very, very long time. The lack of of game tape from this past college season, uh, the lack of the on-campus intel, we have warned people about this. It's much harder for these personnel departments and these scouts to collect the information that they really need Mm -hmm. to complete their personnel folders and we have had people on our show, John. Our guests have said this. They've warned people as we have warned people. But their memories will be short. And the fans will not, will not retain those warnings. And what's going to happen after a year or two, people are going to slam general managers all over this league for bust picks. And they're going to forget the fact that going in, we told them, you need. You got to be logical. You have to understand the batting averages are going to go way down this year. Fair enough. Here are my two ones I got for you, mm-hmm. because I haven't gone through all the players yet. Obviously, we're working on it. But one, I think there is a better than fifty percent chance. And if you guys want to put the pressure on me, I'll give you a number that one of those top four playmakers will get to eleven. I believe that one of those guys will be there, but only one of those guys will be there. I think you're right, John. So that, that <laughs> it's is not going to be the guy that I want, and it'll be either Jalen Waddle or it's going to be Devontae Smith. And yep. my my gut tells me it's going to be Devontae Smith. That's just what for some reason. Oh my God, we are on the same page. I think that's what's going to happen. That, I do. Is, that is what my gut is telling me. Everyone yes. we've talked to this week has brought up. And that's including Bruce Feldman, and again, that's going to air on on the huddle on Monday. Are worried about Devontae Smith's frame, and I understand the concern. I understand why you would think about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not so concerned with the durability because I've seen really slim guys in this league stay healthy and stay healthy for a long time. And if you watch the tape, I don't see that as a real weakness on tape. Now, 
Does that change when you get and you're paying grown men in the NFL and guys are stronger and bigger? Maybe it does. And is that a risk you have to take into consideration? Sure. But there's nothing that I see with the way he plays that makes me worry about it. I think he's willing to be physical. I think he's the type of blue-collar wide receiver that Joe Judge would like. So if you made me guess right now who the Giants are going to pick in the draft this year, I think it's going to be Devontae Smith. That's number one. Okay? And since I just said that, I put the kiss of death on it, and I'm going to be wrong, but that's my guess as of 12.09 p.m. on <laughs> March the 5th. Oh, I hope you're wrong, John, because maybe that means they get pits. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. Number two, and this is, by the way, why if one of those guys is not there, I would be totally down for a trade down. I love the top of the second round of this draft for the Giants. I think there are going to be players there that can help you in different spots. I think you will have edge rushers there that are going to be busts, and I think you're going to have one or two that are going to be really good. Which are going to be which? Hell if I know. (laughs) But if they can pick the right guy, I think you can get value at edge rusher in the second round. I think you can get value on the offensive line in the second round. This is one of the deeper offensive line classes I've seen. Paul, you remember last year when we had Tony Pauline on. He had, going into last year's draft, Alex Leatherwood is a better offensive tackle than Jedrick Wills, yeah. right? Yeah. I After watching both guys, I disagree with that evaluation, but leave it as it may. People thought Alex Leatherwood would have been a first-round pick if he came out last year. The way people are talking now, and frankly, I wasn't all that impressed with him at the Senior Bowl, I think you're looking top of the second round. So if you can grab, like, an Alex Leatherwood at the top of the second round, start him a tackle, move him to guard, he could play both, in my opinion, the way he's built and with his strength, that's a great fit. And then we've talked about the wide receiver class, too, where maybe the Giants don't get a wide receiver or an offensive weapon in that first round. Well, there could be a bevy of guys that could be available in the second round that I think could work for this team. You have Paul Guy's Terrace Marshall, who's on the taller side. Jeff and I love Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, if he can get there somehow. But then there are other guys, too. You know, maybe, you know, one of the more kids, the kid from uh, Ole Miss or the kid from Purdue, you know, maybe maybe they're there and, and you really like them. You know, there are different, maybe it's Nico Collins, who I've, you know, people are up and down on depending on who you talk to. There are other guys there in the second round of wide receiver that can help you. So, I love this top of the second round in this draft. If Look, and I liked it last year, too. We talked about it all year last year, right? And they got Xavier McKinney, who was a, probably a first-round caliber player at the top of that second round. I'm not sure you're going to get a player that that's good because they're picking around 10 or so, eight picks later. But I do think at the top of that second round, you can find a really, really good player at a position of need. So I do think in that way, this draft does line up pretty well for the Giants. All right, John, to supplement what you just said, we talked about it last week. We had a phone call about it yesterday. So that means you really, 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 really want to see Belichick and Judge have a conversation because if the Giants move down from 11 to 15, indeed, the Patriots' second-round pick, number 47, would be in play. And I know you like 47. I do. I'm all about that. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, there, I, I think because of the 
let's just look at, I mean, in the last few years, the, the, the amount of ability that is coming out of college football is ridiculous. So, you know, this top of the second round now, guys, if you think about it, is pretty much you're fringing on, on a borderline first rounder, if you will, because these guys, there's just so many good players. So, John, I like your, I like your idea. I, I don't want to go down too far, and I think we've discussed this before, but hey, you know, if you can get up into that, that top third of the second round and really stockpile you to some players there, you know, you, I think you're going to be really, really good. It's just a matter of who are you going to pick with that 11, well, now that you're 15, 16, wherever it is, you know, which player is going to be there for you? Are you okay? Are you comfortable getting an edge guy at that number? Um, because there'll be some other receivers in that second round that maybe you feel are good. Let me ask both of you this. You're now on the clock at number 15 or 16. There are no more playmakers left. Where are you going? I think you pick between whomever's left, one of the top cornerbacks. You pick. Mm -hmm. you, you look at Micah Parsons. You look at Rashawn Slater if he's still on the board. And then if all those guys are gone, which I suppose is mathematically possible, I think then you probably look at maybe one of the edge rushers in okay. the class, maybe the guy you like the most out of the edge class. And I think that's where you go. I don't think if you're at 15, you would go one. Of the, I don't think the fifth best playmaker in this draft is probably worth it at 15. If you're at 20, we could have a different conversation. But I think that's where I would think about at 15, Paul, if that's where I'm picking. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, look. Again, I, I can't stress this enough, and I don't care if the Giants are at 11, if they're at 7 or 8, or even if they are as low as 17. I can't stress this enough. They need to come away with a guy who they have complete conviction in. This is a very important draft for the Giants. They are on the cusp of really turning things around. This is not a time to be drafting a projection. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. So going back to last year, Paul, then, would you, if you could, would you redo the Matt Pert pick because he you were picking a projection with him? No, because he wasn't a first-rounder. Okay, I got He's you. a third-rounder. I got you. Okay. That's yeah, a little different. You're talking about the first down. You're, not first down. The, uh, in the my first mind, yeah. the first two rounds have to be, have to be based on production and your conviction. In the third round – if at that point you really believe the guy is is first or second round value and he's sitting there in the third round and you have a little bit of a projection, I'm okay with that. But in the, the, my first two picks, John, I need to be in stone on those guys. Okay. So, Jeff, do you have an opinion mm. on what you would do there if you went down to like 15 or 17, something like that? I'm going. I'm going the old route with the best available player, and I don't care what position it is. Well, that's such a is. cop out. No, but it is because I think at that point, I, I figure if if I want to stay on which side of the football, I I would take one. I would love to get one of the cornerbacks because you know the cornerbacks are are very. There's a lot of them in the draft this year too. Um, I don't know if like a, a Farley or any of those guys would be there at a 15. Probably not. Um, but you know, I would I would definitely I would like to be there. I mean. Patrick Sertain, I've I've seen some some of the some of the mock drafts have him around you know anywhere from ten down to fifteen. And then you have J.C. Horn too, who's the third guy that a lot of people like. Exactly. So, but now here's the thing, and if we're gonna go on on Paul's philosophy, are those guys right there that we just named? Are you are those surefire starters day one on the out on the other side of Bradford? Well, remember I said this to Paul yesterday, Jeff. You have to be very careful 
expecting cornerbacks to contribute right away. I understand. I, I, I totally get it. It's a very difficult position to, to play. And but There I are mean, outliers, though, Jeff. We also talked about that on that. the program. There are some guys who actually can give you something right sure. away at that position. Mm-hmm. But I it feel, can happen. But, but, Paul, when you had mentioned this is a very important draft for a team that's ascending, Yes, I, I want a guy like you. I want an impactful player that I know that I feel that's going to be that guy that can line up and play. I want him opening day playing for me as that first-round draft pick. Well, when you say best player available, in truth, you're just using different words to say the same thing I'm saying because you damn well better believe the best player available is a guy you you have conviction on. I agree with you, yeah. And and listen, I I don't know which edge rusher is going to be there first, um, but in my opinion, I'm staying on the defensive side if I can't get me one of those receivers. And, you know, maybe, maybe John and I are lucky and Bateman is there at 15 or 16. You know, and they, they, they get him. But I want to make sure that those guys I can plug in and play and that they're going, to be, they're going to be good players for me. If you look back, John, you said, let's go back last year and look at the draft number one and number two. You know, McKinney, he would have played if, if he had not gotten hurt. He would have had – I think that he would have played most of the season, don't you? Yeah, sure. So, I think so. Those, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for guys like that, the first two rounds that can come in and play and make, some, make an impact on this team. The third rounders, okay, we'll give you a little bit of time, right? You got to. I mean, those guys are third rounders for a reason. You know, there's something missing there at first, but they can all potentially turn into really good football players. All right, let's get to the phones, guys. We'll get to them early today at 973-667-1960. We'll take calls. I know people have been trying to get in all week. I know people have been having trouble. It's been busy. So let's try to get in as many calls today as we can, and we'll start off with Jason up in New Haven, who leads us off on Big Blue Kickoff Off. Hey, Jason. Uh, how you guys doing? What's Good up, James? man? Hi. I have three. Uh, well, I have two questions at one point. Sure. Um, the first is I have a question about since you guys, you know, I've been in the league for a while. What is the what is the um, I don't want to say when 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 teams ask players to restructure a contract, is it blowing up the old contract and doing a new one? Is it adding years to it? I'm just trying to figure out this whole restructuring of a contract uh like well how, you how, how would you explain this? yeah you, you you do not blow up the entire contract um <laughs> because the old structure still has to be there so you can either move money around jason and i'd like to get jeff's point on this too from a player's perspective because he's probably he's done probably stuff done like done. this before but you can either take base salary turning into signing bonus which stretches it over the course of the deal but if you're a guy that only has one year left on his deal, for example, then that restructure, and it might not even be technically called a restructure at that point, you'd have to give that guy a contract extension, mm-hmm. which would then you could theoretically you know, tear up the last year and just give him a new contract um, extension off of that. So there is a way to do it that way. Uh, from a player's perspective, Jeff, how do you view the whole restructure? It, it's it well it's two it's twofold number one it's beneficial for you because a lot of times you hit the nail on the head they take the money and they just roll it into it into a signing bonus for you then they'll add another year on it just to be to be cap friendly for the team so if the team still wants you around and they want to restructure it usually the player makes out pretty good because they they get money up front when they weren't going to normally get that so i think it works it works well for both teams it's a very good play on both sides of the coin player and organization Okay. All right. Thanks for um, helping me understand. And Jason, by the way, the way the reason you would do that, just to give you a, a random example, let's say you have a player that has a last year of his deal when he has a twelve million dollar base salary, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't want to have that guy have a twelve million dollar cap hit. 
So what you could do, all right, here's what we're going to do, player B. We're going to give you a two-year contract extension, convert all of that $12 million base salary into signing bonus, and then it turns into a $4 million hit on each year of that now three-year contract. So he still gets all that money, but instead of it being $12 million in one year, it's spread out $4 million, $4 million, $4 million, but all that money then is then guaranteed. Okay. Okay, thanks for explaining it. Um, mm-hmm. My second point, um, well, I know we've talked at nauseum about the picks at 11. I know everything is going to be dependent on the uh, free agency and what we do. Um, I have a question. So I'm having a hard time. So let's just say for argument's sake, um, I know I've talked about Slater, Russo, in previous calls. Let's just say, for instance, either Smith or Waddle there at 11, and Parsons is there at 11. Um, I know we need a receiver, um, but if uh, Parsons is there, um, I know we need a big-time receiving weapon for uh, Jones, especially seeing what like someone like Diggs did for Allen, things like that. But I think the biggest priority, in my opinion, when a team is 6-10 and 10 and has had one winning season in the last six, seven years, um, I think adding the best football players, um, regardless of the position, is, in my opinion, of course, is probably the best bet. If Parsons is there, um, I think he could be probably like a cornerstone defensive player, even over the corners. Um, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on it because I think he does a lot of things that would help our defense. He could rush the passer. He could stack and shed. Um, when I've seen him on tape, he's still got the point of attack, very good uh, blitzer, very good tackler. And I wanted to see what you guys thought about him as a prospect. I know we talked about him a little bit. There's been some concerns, about, I guess, about some things he's done on Penn State's campus. Um, how, who knows how true those things are. I guess the Giants will know more than we will, the front office. But um, I would probably be okay with him drafting Parsons because I think he could be a cornerstone defensive player Um and I wanted to know what you guys thought about it. Thought about that as a as an option at eleven, if he is there. Paul, why don't you take this one? Well, I've said this before. I think he's a four-three middle linebacker or a three-four inside linebacker. I personally don't think he is going to be best used as a three-four edge rusher in the National Football League. Hundred percent agree. I'm with you. And, on that. and that's, but you know, again, that's strictly an opinion. There may be mm-hmm. other people who think otherwise, and I know there are other people who think otherwise, and they're, mm-hmm. they're absolutely uh, entitled to that opinion. Mm-hmm. The, the, as far as the off-the-field stuff, because I don't think there's any question in terms of his playing ability, the man has a tremendous amount of talent and skill. That, that's obvious. It's apparent. The off-the-field stuff, the Giants have Coach Spence, who was the defensive line coach at Penn State. Okay, Coach Chaos. Uh, he's only a year removed. He he must know everything there is to know about this player on and off the field. If he is convinced that Parsons is a clean player and the personnel file is of no consequence at all, well, now the Giants have to figure out from a talent a fit and a scheme fit and a value fit if he can be a guy that they would want to take at number 11. I honestly believe that because of his intel, they'll be in a better position to determine if this is the kind of guy they want to pick. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I just thought about him. I know he probably won't play a full-time edge rusher position, but in Graham's defense where everything's kind of multiple and disguising blitzes and um, coverages, I think he could be a real major chess piece, probably even better than prospect than Simmons was, Isaiah Simmons was last year. So I know. Well, let me ask you this. Are you, are you with the understanding that, yes, Graham is very versatile in terms of his schemes, but it also requires a lot of speed. And the Giants have gotten quicker and faster on defense. Are you of the opinion, and I saw one listing that had Parsons at 6'3", 245. That sounds right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you of the opinion that as the Giants have tried to become a faster and quicker defense, which allows for more versatility, are you convinced that Parsons has the requisite speed that he would need, that is Coach Graham, to do all the different things that he'd want to do? Or or do you believe that Parsons is not that guy and he would be more limited and that if Coach wanted to use a heavy pass and a heavy sub package, that he would rather have an extra safety on the field because he wants more speed and athleticism? Right. Um, yeah, I, I think it depends on his pro day whenever they do their pro day. I think he's going to blow up his pro day. Um, I don't know. I'm not, you know, they're training with him, of course, but – I think if you run somewhere four 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 five, um, I think that's that's pretty fast for somebody two hundred and forty six pounds. Well, so. it's more play speed than it is forty right. yard dash, of right. course. I want to add something else in too. To me, Micah Parsons and Simmons, the prospect last year from Clemson, two completely different players. I mm-hmm. wouldn't even mm-hmm. compare them. They're apples and oranges because Parsons' strength is not coverage right now. So. That's just something to keep in mind in terms of evaluating those two guys. They're very, very different. If you want to talk about this guy, you're talking about, you know, Devin Smith. Uh, I'm trying to think of the the middle linebacker the year before Devin Devin Smith that got drafted high. I don't remember who it was, but there was somebody else. It's more of a traditional middle linebacker than a flex player like Simmons. Okay, no problem. Um, And then last question, I'm just going to ask like a little fun question. You guys have been in the uh, Giants organization for years. I just want to ask, what are your two favorite plays? And when I ask that, I'm saying, what is your favorite Victor Cruz play in his career? And what is your favorite Hakeem Nix play um, in his career? Um, my favorite Cruz play would probably be the Jets game where he scored that, nine, I think it was like 95 yards. 99. 99. How uh, sweet it is, baby. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting Paul all riled up now. <laughs> and then Nix will probably be the Atlanta playoff game where he broke that tackle for like 50 yards and, and ran down the sideline. So just a little nostalgia, a little, you know, fun question, and uh, I'll take it off the air. Thanks, Jason. For me, the next play that I remember is the Hail Mary caught mm-hmm. in that same oh, game because yes, I think it, yes, yes. it kind of shows his contested catchability, right? So that's kind of the play that sticks out for me with him. And, look, I think the Cruz one you got to remember is the Jets play. I don't know mm-hmm. how it could be anything else but that. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to get me here. I, I, you know, my memory is not going to be good. <laughs> but so, <laughs> I can barely remember my last kick in the NFL. Trust me, I'm not going to. I'm not going to remember uh, any of those two plays. But I, I do remember seeing the ones. Actually, I remember them. Now that you bring them up, guys, those are great plays. That I mean, obviously the Cruz 99 yarder. That's 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 the famous play. Um, Hakeem had one thing about Hakeem Nick that I loved about him. Not only was he a great guy. Uh, how physical he played that position. And I thought that that was something that the Giants receivers have been missing as of late. It actually reminds me a lot about, like, 
I think him and Jamar Chase actually play the position similarly. It's that Chase is probably just a better athlete than Nix was. I th- and I think quicker too, right? Yeah, I mean, no, exactly. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. He's he's yeah. faster and he's quicker, but they both play with that same physicality, Jeff. You know what I mean? And I know that all during the playoffs, I mean, Detino was texting me constantly, watching these games and watching these wide receivers go up and get these uh, these catching these amazing just and fighting for footballs and and going up and getting these catches and. Paul, remember you kept texting me like that. That's how you catch it. That's how you go after a football. Can somebody please do that for me? Yep. Right? I mean, oh, so- my, I sprained my thumbs <laughs> texting you. So I think that, you know, when we talk about that type of position in the Giants, uh, Hakeem Nix, was, that's what he did. He was so physical and, and just uh, he was a good player. You know, unfortunately, he ran out of time from injuries and, and things like that. So, But um, Victor Cruz, another guy that's just – you know, and Victor was – Victor was was one of those players where you look at him and, you know, he made some plays, but he was consistent. You know, he's always making plays day in and day out and just another great, great player for the Giants. That's for sure. Now you guys bringing this up, this is exactly why, for me, it's Mm -hmm. Pitts and it's Chase, and then there's a gap to Waddle and Smith. I agree with that. I think that's fair. And that's what, yeah, I'm, I'm very strong on that. I'm extremely opinionated on that. There's that group of four, but there's a separation between one and two and three and four. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think that Chase has quite the physical attributes that Nick's does, but he's certainly very similar. And, Paul, and Paul that's, always that's figure, why he's my top receiver. Paul always figure out a way to separate these players so he's disappointed on draft day. It's amazing. He <laughs> never sets it up where the guy he really wants actually has a chance to be there. It never happens, ever. Never, why do you ever do that happens. to yourself, Paul? Why? You know, you know what it is? It's, it's going to happen again this year. Paul's like Tom Thibodeau. I don't know if you guys yes! saw that. And, <laughs> yes! And, and the quote Tom Thibodeau gave, it was after they had a great comeback win against somebody, and they said, Tom, are you happy? He goes, I'm only happy when I'm miserable, guys. That is Paul DeTino. <laughs> they even only, made a T-shirt out yes, of it, John. Did you it, get it? I, I did not. I'm, I was actually going to look for it today. And the T-shirt <laughs> says, I'm only happy when I'm miserable. And I, and I thought, I'm like, wow, that is Paul DeTino on draft That's day. That's totally Paul oh, DeTino. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah I, I love Tibbs. And by the way, congratulations, Knicks. They reached the All-Star break with a winning record above 500. One game thrilled. over five now. The second half schedule is a little rough. It is rough, John. <laughs> it is rough, rough, John. But, but come on, let's, hey, let's enjoy it. Enjoy Enjoy what you got. Absolutely. Well, you can actually go watch them play a little bit now. So Yeah, you know. nah, I'm I not mean, quite ready. I want to get the shot of my arm first. I'm being super. Right. Jeff, everything I've done these this past year, mm-hmm. I'm not messing around now with like two wow. months to go. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Of, yeah, you invested a year of your life being safe. Yes, right? and so. I'm not blowing it now. <laughs> well, don't go to Texas then. <laughs> I mean, they. Well, I remember you can you can you can still wear your mask there if you want. Yeah, yeah, but everybody else won't be. So, it's crazy. Anyways, nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Paul, Jeff, by the way, do you remember your last kick in the league? No. <laughs> Seriously? I don't. I remember my first one. I don't remember my last one. Whoa, whoa. you remember your first punt, which was like one hundred and fifty years ago, and you don't remember your last punt. You Smell? really, you really don't remember your last punt. I don't. I really, I don't. I don't. I remember my first one because it was. Right, just hold on. So, what I, year was that, Jeff? That was two thousand nine. Two thousand and nine. Yeah. In I'm fact, I don't even. Up. I don't even. I don't remember who. I don't even remember who we played the last game about to. I'm telling you, guys. It. You have to understand something. Seriously. Okay. And I. <laughs> I know. I know. You get a kick out of this, Schmo. Oh, I love it. I love it. I really don't. 
I'm not lying to you, too, because I would tell you if I did. You know I know. That. That's why I'm laughing. I know you're being honest. I know my first punt was against the Jets because it was when I was with New England, and it was a preseason game. So I remember that. All right. But, well, I understand why you'd want to forget this game. The final game of the yeah. 2009 season, which I did not recall, but now that I, oh, but, John, but, it was one of the ugliest games of recent memory. But now that I'm looking at not, not, not <laughs> what, 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 once I saw the score, then I'm like, oh, I remember that game now. Yes. So it was, you played Jeff, the okay. Minnesota Vikings. Do you remember who was the quarterback for the Vikings in that game? Um, sure you do. I don't know if he does. He was oh, only, only on. played for them for one year, Jeff. Favre, Favre. Yes. Favre, okay. Brett Favre. Gotcha. Okay. The Giants lost in that game. Do, do you remember if you won or lost in that game? Do we you lost. Any recollect, recollect? We lost. Yes. 44, it, was a, it was a horrible game. Yeah, 44-7. Yes, so let me look it up here. Let me find Jeff Fiegel's last punt of his career. All right, there's one. Oh, he was busy. He had seven punts. All right, your last punt, busy. Jeff. <laughs> So the Giants in one of their many failed possessions that game. Was yes. it? A, it was an away game, though, right? Uh, you... mm-hmm. That was on the road. Was that many? Yes, that is correct. Was that many? So it was right. indoors. Jeff is like in heaven. He's like, oh, yeah. this is great. I'm indoors. Okay, so it's coming back to me now. Eli had already been pulled from the game. All right. So <laughs> David David Carr, right? Yeah, uh-huh. David Carr was in the game. I got to get my car straight. So <laughs> they, you guys, they converted. Let's see. One first down on the drive. A Christie face mask put the team in a first and 25 at the Giants' own 19-yard line. So, fourth and 11. The Giants are punting. Oh, this is this could not be more perfect. With four <laughs> minutes and 58 seconds on the clock, Jeff Fiegel's booms a 49-yard kick uh, all the way to the Viking 18-yard line. Okay. Out of bounds. No return. That was it? That, that was, was my it. last kick. That was your last kick. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm telling you right now. I'm excited. I'm excited right now. I feel I feel like I'm running off the field. I, I I'm high fiving you guys right now. Oh there my you goodness! Go. Inside the twenty. That's Fiegel and out of bounds. And out of That's bounds. That's perfect. Tom was even happier that day. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, like I said, you you know me well, and the, and I can and I know you guys know I'm telling you the truth. I did not remember that. I swear to you, I don't remember it. But now now that you bring it up, now it's coming back to me. I do remember that game being horrible. Um, and I had a really good game. Yes. I remember having a good Seven game. Seven punts, 306 yards, a 40.4 net, which I know was the most important for you, Jeff. You want to have your 40-yard net, mm-hmm. and two inside the 20, your long was 49 yards. There we go. I don't there think you want to punt seven times in the game, but... Well, if it's indoors, I could care less. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you guys have known me long enough that, and being, you know, it's that you know what are, what's important to me indoors, right? Punting. I told you, whenever those schedules come out, which is usually right you know, around on April, I look first mm-hmm. thing I look at where are we going? Now, Paul, help me remember the Giants. They were eliminated from the playoff race already at that point, correct? Yeah, it mm-hmm. was bad. I, yeah. No, but I mean, going into that last week of the year, they were already eliminated, right? Yes. I thought yes. so. Okay. You know what? As, as I as I recall, they they needed like one of eight eight different things had to line up for them to like have any kind of mathematical chance. Yeah. if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. So really, they were out of it. But but here's what makes me a little bit perplexed, Jeff. Mm-hmm. You have you have told us often that you knew, uh, you know, near the end of your career because of all the the work that you had to do on your leg and your mm-hmm. knee that that it was it was winding down. Mm-hmm. So my 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 question is for you. You had to have in the back of your mind, right, that that could have been your last game going into right. the kickoff. Right. So why would you not have, like, tried to 
soak it in more and, and like get the football or something. Uh, <laughs> no, I, you know what? I didn't. I didn't because here's the thing. You know, during the season, I had I was able to make it through with with medicine and and training and all that kind of stuff. Golf, so, all that stuff. Go, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah <but laughs> I wish. That, then I really could have played a lot more. But I, I would tell you this. So I didn't, though, Paul. It's a good question. But I, I feel like I still thought coming out of that game that I was going to be, be a chance. Here's where it hit me. It hit me when all of a sudden the off season started to come around and I started to train again, and it was just. I just wasn't into it. I just like, you know what? I, I, it was so hard for me to do it that last year of my career. I did it, and I, I still was, would try to do it. But coming out into the, into the off season and going to go through all of what I needed to do to play, mm-hmm. I just had had enough. I was just I can't do this anymore. It's just too much. So, okay. um, but you're right, John. I, if, if I would have known or if I had an inkling and would have got a football or something, so you it don't have, been good. you don't have any memento from that last game. Nothing. Now, other than me, just, you know, other than my shoes, which I never Did used Did you end again. up getting, like, your jersey or a helmet or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, the skibas back then, they, they, okay, they, they used to right. give us all that stuff. But I do have my, I do have my shoe, my shoes that I, that I never used again, so they're still here. I got those. That's hey, by the cool. way, can I, can I tell you a quick story? Because this, kind of this is kind of a momentum in my life. Sure, very um, quick. So, very quick. So, uh, for all those scoring at home, my birthday is Sunday, and I will be 55. Happy birthday, my friend. Okay, I'm turning 55, which, by the way, years and years ago, when I heard somebody was 55 and they could live in those, reti- those like 55 adult communities, I thought they were old. Well, I've now arrived. I am now officially old, <laughs> and I can live in those communities. Well, here's the one thing. I, last, last week, uh, had, we had a, a kind of a, a pre-birthday party because there's a buddy of mine that was going out of town, and, and we wanted him to be here. My family, okay, the one thing that I do not have, guys, I have a Super Bowl ring. I've got everything that I need, my helmets, and, and I've got game balls, and I've got all that kind of Beautiful stuff. Beautiful jerseys on your wall. I've got jerseys. i got all that stuff, okay? The one thing that I don't have that I've always been envious of people that I've seen in, like, in like background shots of, of people's homes, Super Bowl trophy. I don't have a Super Bowl trophy, and they don't, you don't get them. You know that, guys. You, you get the ring. They don't give you Super Bowl trophies. Yep. Well, Last, Parcells did give all the he players. Did. He, he had did. them made up. Wait, he did had he really? Them. Yes, yes he did. But, I didn't but, know but, that. But, Paul, they were mini ones. Yes. They were small ones. So, I got a quick, real quickly. So, last year I met uh, Jerry Szaplinski, uh, the quarterback coach. I sold him a house. I went to his house on moving day, and they, they had he had three of these Super Bowl trophies. Authentic Super Bowl trophies. Wait, like, full size? Full really? size. Full size. Oh, my Yet, God. Yes, that Belichick bought for his coaches. Wow. They're re- wow. They, oh, my goodness. They're replicas. And so there's a guy in Atterboro, Massachusetts, that makes these trophies. Okay? My family got me a Super Bowl trophy oh, for my wow. 55th birthday. I will send both of you a picture of it. Yes, please. But I've got it on my desk now, and now I am complete. Is it like super? Is it as heavy as the real one or not quite as heavy? It is identical height, size, and weight as the trophy. That's incredible. Wow. And the inscription too? I'm going to send it to you. It's, it's, you would not know the difference other than the fact that none of the players' names are on the side. But on the okay. front, it has everything that you would see in the Super Bowl trophy case. Oh, that is incredible. What a great gift. That is a great job by your family. I can only it, imagine how expensive that thing is, by the way. <laughs> 
it's it, it's you know it doesn't it's not matter. A, but I no, will tell you this, John. Totally it's, worth it. It's, totally it's not worth as it. much. It's not as much as you think it would be, hmm. but it is expensive. So right. It is priceless. I'll tell you. I'll tell it to you off the air. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, <laughs> I wasn't trying to ask you on the air. I know. Trust me. I know. That is why. Wow, I'm going to send you guys a picture. Of I'm it. happy but, we heard that. Is a that is a great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that picture. That's awesome. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited about that. For the fans that don't know, by the way, Tiffany's is the company that does make the actual trophy. Yeah. And yep. if, by the way, if you guys haven't seen it, it's actually fascinating. Go watch, if you have an ESPN Plus subscription, there's a Peyton Places episode. I don't know if you guys have watched any of those before. They're the best. Uh, they're them. hilarious. They Peyton Manning does a great job with those. When he visited Lombardi's uh, old house with Brett Favre. Oh, it's great. Well, the, <laughs> oh. one that, the one that I'm referencing is that they do a whole thing on the Super Bowl trophy, and Eli's okay. in it with him. And they actually do the episode in Pat Hanlon's house. Because Pat Hanlon moved <laughs> into the listen to this. Pat Hanlon moved into the house and he didn't know this at the time. That used to be owned by the guy that designed the Super Bowl trophy for Tiffany's. Oh my god. So Payne and Eli are in Pat Hanlon's house and Pat's there with them. For you guys that know, Pat Hanlon is the vice president of communications, the big PR head honcho for the Giants. And they're, like, doing a whole thing on the Super Bowl trophies. It's wow. wonderful. Go, oh, that's on ESPN2? Uh, ESPN Plus online. Plus, okay. okay and, and, gotcha. and at this point, it might be on YouTube or something like that. But uh -huh. go find it. It is just <laughs> tremendous. And you guys know Pat. He's hilarious and the thing. Yeah, sure, is great. Sure. And Payne and Eli are doing their brother thing. It's, it's good. It's really, really good. And they actually make replica Super Bowl trophies out of mm -hmm. cereal boxes. I think I've seen a picture of that. It's very funny. Go check it out. It's worth it. 973-667-1960. 973-667-1960. Sorry, folks. That was a bit of an interview Yeah, there. we went I off, the, we went off the grid there. We went off the okay. reservation, and I apologize. <laughs> I know the callers want to get in. But before we get to them, i got to remind all our callers that limited giant season tickets are now on sale for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. And Giant fans get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with the Giants brand of debit card security features and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to 250 bucks when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants. Member FDIC, back to the phone's call. You're on the air. What is your name and where are you calling from? Hey, guys. It's Peter from the Keys. How you guys doing? Pete, today? what's Peter? up, man? What's up? Sorry for the delay. We we took a long yeah. trip down the Jeff Fiegel's memory lane. We did, lane yeah. There. And I actually remembered it. It's pretty good. <laughs> that was an awesome story. I think uh, some of the fans are thinking, how are we going to swipe you uh, a trophy if you don't get one there? <laughs> yeah, I got one now. Good. How are you doing today? Nice and warm good, for you man, down there good. in the Keys. Every time you call, I think of myself yeah, on a nice on a beach sunny. with. Yeah, I bet, I bet. All right. Nice and sunny, eighty degrees. <laughs> yeah. Um, couple quick things for you guys. I know you have other callers waiting and stuff. Um, first question: I didn't get to hear the show from yesterday, and I believe you guys had that over the cap guy on. Yes, sir. Did you guys talk to him about if it's possible, with respect to the cap, to retain? Dalvin Tomlinson and uh, Leo. Yeah, he said how, that depending and depending on how they structure the contracts, Peter, uh, and obviously the players would have to agree to this type of structure, that you could get that first year combined cap number for the two somewhere in the thirteen to fifteen million dollar range. And if you can do that, 
I think it's possible to retain both guys, Paul. That's accurate, right, based on what he said? That is accurate, mm-hmm. and it has to do with the different types of not only bonus and incentive triggers, but as I had suggested to him, using voidable years on the back end of one of the deals, maybe even both of them if they have to. Uh, uh-huh. And he said that's very reasonable, even though their market value is going to be on the high side. Wow. Even, and that takes into account if uh, Williams is designated with that defensive end, not defensive tackle? Uh, well, no. If you have to franchise one of the guys, that whole formula is gone. because because oh, both okay. Because both those guys' individual franchise tags would be more than that number. So that in order to do something like that, Pete, you would have to sign both the long-term deals. Uh, I thought that if he is designated um, defensive end, the Giants actually lose two million from last year from the Yes, franchise. that's correct. That's something else. Oh, that's and by the way, Ooh. if you want to go, uh, the archive of that interview is up on the website. If you want to check it out, Pete. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. Thanks, Dad. The other uh, quick, quick question for you is: I don't know. So this weekend, what I'm going to do is buy myself the draft guide. And I don't. You guys have a ton of draft people that come in the show. Um, I don't know if they send you a copy of their draft guide, or you know, if you guys go out and buy a few of them. Do you guys have any go-to draft guys that you really like? Well, some of them aren't out yet, which is the problem. It's still a little bit early oh. in the process. My favorite yeah. one, my favorite one is Dane Brugler's, which comes out um, usually around the first of April, give or take. Okay. So you have to wait for that one. That's my favorite, and that's and that actually comes for free with a subscription to the Athletic. So you kind of get oh. a so you, so you kind of get a two for one with that. Uh, PFF puts out their guide. It is. Huge. I mean, we're talking like 500, 600 pages. That has wow. a lot of the analytics in it with the players. I'm actually looking at one right now. Um, Matt Manicharian, who's a former NFL scout, he works for Bill James's company, who does all the baseball analytics, right? They have a football side that they're trying to build out. So they put wow. out a draft guide. I'm looking at it in my hands right now. It's like 680 pages. That has a lot of good stuff in there. Um, and then, Paul, you have the Our Lads guide from our guy Dan Shaka that you like a lot too, right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm very preferential because Shaka is an old-school, old-time scout. Is that out yet, by the way? Is that it out is yet, not. the guide? Okay. It is not. But but Our Lads uh, is, is my one particular favorite. And, of course, I don't want to slight any of the regulars that we have on our program because, they, yep. you know, we are very selective in who we bring on to the program. Uh, we, we, we've got a lot of years of watching football and there are certain guys who have a better reputation than others so anybody who's on our programs uh you know we have we have vetted them very carefully but i am an our lads guy primarily number one okay to be honest you know throughout the year my favorite time listening to you guys is when you bring on those uh draft people because it's so interesting and your questions are awesome so us fans appreciate that for sure you're welcome thank you i appreciate it pete be good man Thanks, guys. Bye. Well, look, the way I look at it, and, and this is why I like the, the the draft time of year so much, guys, is that we don't have time, except for Jeff with Miami, to watch a ton of college football over the course of the year. <laughs> so we're kind of getting introduced to 300 players almost from scratch Yeah. in yeah. a four-month period, and it's just so much to learn. And I'm glad you guys like these interviews because I love doing them because I'm literally just trying to gather information and learn along with you. So I think we're all kind of in yeah. the same boat as we go through this process together. What I what I like about the process and getting different people in there, I try to wrap my head around the most common denominator that all of them are talking about. 
that that way in my mind I can kind of get some sense of okay this guy is definitely ranked above so and so you know what I'm saying like if they're all saying the same things um, what scares me a little bit sometimes is it how all over the board it is I mean you could listen to ten different draft guys and get ten different answers for you know Chase or some of these other guys but that's what I try to, to take out of it and and those guys all do a great job and they're they're very educated in what they do and and it, the viewers I mean the listeners and us we, we, it's great to have them on there oh so, by the way I should I, I forgot to mention the NFL Draft Bible too, Paul. Our guy Rick Saratella brings that out every year too. He's over at Sports Illustrated now. He's also mm-hmm. very good. Yep. Yeah, no question. Again, all of the, the folks we have on, folks, I want to make it very clear to you, we are, we screen them real carefully, and the guys that we have, they're our collection of guys, and we have them every year, and there's a reason for that because we believe in these folks. And, and what a lot of people don't understand, and, I mean, you you guys have been around these guys a long time when you've made it. Now, you haven't been able to go to it, you know, recently, but the at the Combine, you guys have got to meet these guys for years, so you've got a, a good relationship with them also. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, helps. absolutely, and we, we built the relationship. They, I think they like coming on because we ask mm-hmm. the questions, and we certainly enjoy having them on. 973-667-1960, 973-667-1960. Don't miss out on our chance, on your chance, rather, to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant Games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giant Suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available, or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash sweets for more information. Let's go back to the calls at 973-667-1960, and we are back. Caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, Charlie from South Portland, Maine. Chuckles! Hey, I had to call up because i got to wish Jeff a happy birthday. Thank you. You know, 55. Hey, that is a young young man, a very young man. <laughs> I am young, very young. Yeah. Hey, look, there's a guy up here that actually makes those uh, – Super Bowl trophies, that, mm-hmm. you know, and he uses uh, old lobster shells, and um, they come out pretty good. I have a couple of them. <laughs> oh, of course you do. <laughs> oh, oh what, what else, hey, Charlie, would <laughs> you well, have other than somebody that makes a Super Bowl trophy out of lobster materials, yeah. whatever it is? Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's crazy. Man. <laughs> but anyway. Sounds a little, smells, it sounds a little fishy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the oh, point, Charlie. What, what, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Charlie, I have other people trying to get in. What do you Come got? Come on, Charlie. I know, I know. I'm going. I'm going. Look, yesterday we were talking about Zeitler, right? And what's been coming out today that we're trying to trade him? If it's all true, we're trying to trade him. We want to let him go, and that's exactly what I was talking about yesterday. How can we let go our best offensive lineman? I don't get it. We should restructure his contract, like. Paul was saying yesterday, mm-hmm. now we're creating another hole in our offensive line, and, oh, my God, it's going to be worse than last year. That's all I got. You can have other people call. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank They're you, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. the call. And, look, all, all of us saw that report, too. Um, look, obviously, if, if the decision is either trade or cut and that's what you're down to, you'd rather get something back for him, obviously. But, I, again, that's just a report, so I would not necessarily – Go hook, line, and sinker in on that one. Well, we talked about this a few weeks ago, John. It, the older player, not only he's older, like he's forty years old, but the guys that are that are you know that have those cap numbers, they have to be themselves have to be a little bit afraid of what's going to happen because the teams have to come looking for money. I don't think the Giants want to get rid of him because he is one of their best players on the offensive line, and I think that you know it's just an economics. It comes into effect here, so. 
Uh, restructure, as, as Charlie said, might be an option. Um, but, you know, it's just a matter of how many more years you got to put on his contract and how important it is for you to sign maybe some other guys that, feel that, that you feel are more important to the team, like those other two defensive players. I don't know. Paul, you got anything for me? No, nothing. <laughs> I mean, look. Uh, uh, did I put rumors you to sleep are with flying that, around, <laughs> you know, these days like mosquitoes around a picnic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not putting stock in anything. Sure. Unless I'm able to, to to listen to someone tell me firsthand that you know something like this is brewing, so well put. Uh, you know, look, Jeff made a good point. Anybody who's like a cap number of ten million or up, those are the guys you're going to hear about in rumors. Those are the guys who are going to start scratching their heads and wondering. But I I can't put any validity to that. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. By the way, Jeff, I just looked at it and saw that picture you sent us. Yeah. Whoa. It's that nice, thing isn't it? is awesome. It's 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 perfect. It's it's absolutely, um, it's 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 exactly it's it's the same size and same weight. Everything. It's now, exactly the same. Do you have to keep like a velvet cro- a cloth next to it so you don't get the fingerprints like on the real one too? No, you get. Yeah, I don't have. I have. Well, you guys. I remember I told you the story. I have the gloves. Oh, you I, you I actually have, do have the gloves. Oh, okay, I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you that story later. But that's another one. I have <laughs> Jeff, the white. I have the white gloves. My my birthday's gloves. coming up soon too. Can <laughs> your family buy me a trophy? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Don't wait. It'll be there, Paul. You just keep waiting. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. No worries. I have a really funny line I'm going to use, but it'll get Paul really mad, so I'm not going to use Don't it. 973-667-1960. Let's go to the phone and say hi to our next caller. Caller, you're on the line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, uh, Carl from Syracuse, New York. What's up? How you doing? Happy Friday. You too, man. What's on, what's on your mind? So uh, someone you had on this show the other day that was uh, breaking down some of the players in the, in the top of the draft, um, I don't remember – uh, who it was, but they but they went into uh, Devontae Smith a little bit, yeah, and made the comparison of like, you know, and he said he's he hates to make the comparison because Marvin Harrison is a special player, but he compared him a little bit to Marvin Harrison. And I was diving into the you know some of the generic numbers on Devontae Smith a little bit, and I felt like another comparison to him might be a little more similar to like an Isaac Bruce, um, slightly taller. Um, and Devontae even has a little bit bigger hands. Uh, but similar speed, because Devontae Smith is like 4.49. Isaac Bruce was like right around the same, 4.48. That's interesting. I'm looking up Isaac Bruce's combine measurements here. 5'11", 17. You know what? It's hmm. not bad. So, that That is, so that, that is not bad. a little bad. bit taller, bigger hands, and I just, uh, you know, watching some of the, the – like uh, – some of the stuff that other, like the coaches say about him at, at Alabama, like he, he played willingly on defense because they had so many wide receivers and he did it well and then was just too good at the position, so they switched him back to wide receiver. He has played on special teams a little bit with success. He's no, just, look, I'm with you. and that's A why good I, football player. Yeah, I know I'm with you, Carl, and that's why I think I would be willing to go in on Devontae Smith despite those you know measurements and things like that. He's shown – the toughness, the willingness to hit. He doesn't play like a guy that's 170. You know what I mean? Which is why yeah, I'd be willing like, to do it. Off the line, like, go at the defender and, and put his hands on them and push push them back and then release and then get himself open. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. Phenomenal. Yeah, you know, Isaac Bruce, I had not heard that. That is actually really, really, based on the measurements I'm looking at that they have on the old internet from – God, 1994, by the way, is when he was at the Combine. Makes me feel like a million years old. But 
I think that's not bad. And I think people, the reason people mention Harrison is that he was one of those guys that could get open at every level of the field. He didn't break the stopwatch with his, you know, uh, measurements and stuff like that and his, and, his, and his testing. But he just knew how to get open, and he was a slider guy. So I also think that's actually not a bad comparison either, to be honest with you. I thought I saw like a four three eight on Marvin Harrison, though, because he did have a, a kind of a quick twitch, I think, a little more than like Devontae Smith well, Let me has. see. I actually have it right here. Let me see what he came in at, 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 the, uh, at the Combine. Um, NFL Combine. Uh, you know what? I don't see scores here from Harrison's Combine. Let me see if I can track those down. I'll have to try to find those. Okay, and then speed-wise, I think, you know, Antonio Brown is a little heavier, but, I mean, he's 448 speed. So, speed-wise, he's in the range of, you know, some good wide receivers. He's just a really good route runner. I just – I'd be okay with either of the Alabama guys, including the, the defensive back. Interesting. I'm no, I'm going. with you. Carl, I happen to agree with you. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Good stuff. You too. I thought that Isaac Bruce comparison is interesting. I think – you know, Bruce is more of a vertical threat, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Right? If, mm-hmm. if I remember if I recall. Yeah. No so, question about it. A burner, too. I mean, back in those days, I mean, when you, you go back 10, 15 years ago, 4-4 four, four was 4-5 four, was quick, you know? So, what did, did he have his time? What was Isaac Bruce? Was it a 4-4? 4-4-9. 4-4-9. Four, 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 yeah. four, okay. So, yeah, that's uh, – he was a heck of a football player. i tell you what. He um, – yeah, more of a deep threat, in my opinion. And, you know, these guys – they, they're going to bring something to that position that the Giants are in need of. Big play potential, right? So uh, that's, what we, that's what Dave Gettleman wants. I know that Daniel Jones wants it, and I think we all want to see some big plays offensively. You know, when we're talking about what we did earlier about kind of, you know, if the Giants move down and they do this or they stay at the 11th pick and who's there, I think we all agree that the, the Giants' offense needs the most help, right? So I think we need to start there. And and really kind of we've got to go there. The Giants need to score more points. They need more playmakers. And I think that it's important that that they get Pitts when he's there. Harrison <laughs> came in at 181 pounds and did not run the 40 at the combine. Yeah, I saw something here where at an event in school he might have ran like a, a 439, but I don't take those seriously because it's just a different right. sure. surface. So. But don't you think – I think you guys will agree. I think his game speed was ridiculous. Oh, well, that's the – yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so I, I don't know if, what he did. What it, you know, 4-3, whatever. But that game speed he had was – and what a player. Well, and I My think that's goodness. what you see with Devontae Smith, right? Like, people think he's not even going to run a sub-4-5. Some people think he's going to run, like, a 4-5 something. But you watch him on tape, he just runs past people all the time. Yeah. So – it's the game speed, which is a point Paul always makes. It did you counts. did you see the clip of him playing special teams, going down there as a uh, as a as a gunner? Uh, I did, yeah. knocking that guy right on his yeah. butt. Yeah, yeah, that's in, that's impressive, because you know what? He's going to have to do that if that's if he's on any team. He's going to play special teams. You know, that's what those. If he's picked in the top ten, Jeff, he might not be a gunner. Don't think so. <laughs> he might not, not be a gunner. He's going to play special teams. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. I don't know about that. I'm not sure either. But right, hey, we'll you know, you know, the Isaac Bruce comparison is interesting. I had actually. Do you remember who the head coach is for that. the New York Giants? Yeah, he doesn't no, care no, who. Jeff, you make a good point. Did, I, don't, I don't know. Did, Darry, I, did, did Darius Slayton or Stoning Shepard play specials last year? No. Yeah. Because they yeah, couldn't. I, I tend to think not, but you never <laughs> I know. know. I, I will say this though: the Isaac Bruce comparison for Smith is interesting because 
I'm, I'm looking at uh, Isaac uh, measured at 173. Yep. Uh, at the combine. That's really interesting, right? Wow. And, and that does give me a pause. Uh, I'm still having my doubts, and I've been saying this now for, what, the last two months. Great call. I still, I still have a pause on his frame. But, uh, yeah, that, uh, that would make me feel a little bit better. All right, we got one more caller, guys. You want to squeeze him in? Yeah. Sure. All right, let's get to the call, final call of the show on 973-667-1960. Caller, what's up? Hey, it's Rick in Tampa. I'm always the last caller. I'm always right well, at the Well, that's because you day. call in at 12.58. What do you expect? <laughs> I can't get – listen, I, I tried to time it. I'm on tape delay, and I – No, I got gotcha. you. Uh, I'm just teasing you. you know. <laughs> I know. I we'll know. hold hey, for listen, you. Uh, Paul, Paul, first go Knicks, man. 19 and 18, bro. That's it's great, isn't it? Point. Hey, Paul, go Knicks. What? Come on. <laughs> well, he, I hear him mention it on the, on the show. <laughs> clearly, clearly not a Twitter follower of John Schmelk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. There, there's more about the Knicks from John Schmelk than there is about the Giants these days, so you uh, might want to read those. Okay. All right, all right, then. Yeah, then all of you guys. So no, I'm just hey, teasing um, you, Rick. What's up? I know. Real quick, you know, um, I, you know, with Devontae Smith, real quick, is that I think he, uh, you hear the expression, he play, they play taller than their size. I think that's the case with him because, I mean, all, watching him this year a lot, I, I, his height and frame, he seems bigger and taller in every game he plays. So I think that's a good sign. But, again, I don't know if the Giants are going to have a chance with getting him. But, the, you know, I'm, the, I'm a Kyle Pitts all the way as a Florida Gators fan. And, you know, he never he didn't drop a pass all year last year. He didn't drop a pass. That's what I'd want now. If the Eagles, you know, it seems, is there anything that would come up that the Eagles would not take him if he's available? Because they no. really screwed us for that game, last game against Washington, and they got that pick, and now they're going to take him from, uh, well, from the Giants. <laughs> well, I, I can say that. I can say I, I would say the one way they don't take Kyle Pitts is if Jamar Chase is still there. <laughs> Maybe they'll That's take, it. They'll, they'll take Chase. Yeah. Paul's like just scratching his head right now. It's going to happen just like last year. Let me tell you, I was thinking about this, guys, and I mentioned this on the show yesterday. The worst thing that can happen for Giant fans is if the Bengals go out there and spend big on an offensive tackle because if they do that, that means they're picking one of these wide receivers or tight ends, and then then it gets very difficult to get one of these guys down Mm -hmm. to the Giants. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and you know that my follow up question, which you guys have just been answering throughout the the next week or so, what's that one scenario that could happen in the first four or five rounds, first five picks that would give the Giants a slim chance at getting Pitts? I mean, who's going to have to? Is there some move that you see that say, okay, this will shift back? That the Giants it's got to be all the quarterbacks. Play? It's got to be yeah. all the quarterbacks, right? I mean, thank you, Rick. Appreciate the call. That, that and I think maybe if you know people get old school and they think ah you don't pick tight ends in the top ten nah, we don't want to do that but I don't I and don't, you know there's a lot of people that think that way so yeah and you know maybe I don't know it's, it, I think that I think that the, the linchpin is is going to be those quarterbacks and and I think we all agree that they don't belong in the top ten all of them um, but we've probably talked to ten different draft people over the past of the last month or so right guys mm-hmm. have you heard one person say one remotely <laughs> negative thing about Kyle Pitts? Uh, no, no. I mean, no. seriously, like one no. thing that's remotely negative. Nope. 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 None. None. Nothing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's special. He's a special guy. <laughs> Paul, you okay? You yeah, all right? I mean, you know, let's let's just continue to jinx this further. Why not? <laughs> so, uh, think positive. He's going to be there. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. 
Well, somebody good. Somebody's good. Somebody's going to be there that we're going to be happy about. I promise you, Chaser Pitts is going to Philly just to stick at the Paul. Oh, my God. One or the other. Wow. I wish you would have said something. One of those two, I mean, that's terrible. I mean, but now, Chase now, is not going to be Now, here's there. the thing. You really want me to, to, to put the kibosh and just destroy Paul Dottino from the inside out? Sure. All right, here's what happens. <laughs> here's what happens. All right? Devontae Yo. Smith goes off the board early. Paul gets really excited. Then somehow, Jalen Waddle goes to the Bengals at number five. Possible. But, the, you know, but the Dolphins go Devontae Smith because they want to pair Devontae Smith mm-hmm, with, Tua. With, with Tua, right? Yeah. Then you get to the Eagles at six, and they go, well, how can we not pick Jamar Chase? He's there, right? We got to pick Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. And then you get quarterback at seven. You get quarterback at eight. You get a trade-up with the Broncos at nine, quarterback. Here comes the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, we have three really good wide receivers. We need a tight end. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Cowboys pick Kyle Pitts. So you get the Eagles picking Chase. It's deja vu all over again. And the Cowboys picking Pitts. And you have Paul Dottino on the floor with like a pencil through his throat, <laughs> bleeding out as the Giants go on the clock in the first round. <laughs> Are you with us, Paul? Well, let's just say I would probably break the headset into 12 million pieces. We got an extra one. Oh, my God. That 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 would be it, though. That would be it. That is so cruel. That would be it. Very cruel. Very, very cruel. That's what I do. <laughs> Remember when, 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 when Washington, Happy Friday. <laughs> Washington took Brand, Brandon Sheriff off of yeah. and, and, and Dallas took uh, Zach Martin? Mm-hmm. I mean, these, these things happen all the time. Now, so why he, should I be surprised? Right, but that was also a bunch of picks ahead of the Giants. Yes, that wasn't yes, it right was. before. Yes, well, what, remind us what happened last year. Do you remember in the, the mid-rounds, Paul? Yeah, but oh, in the mid rounds, yeah, but I got my first round guy. No, but in the mid rounds, remember we were we one, especially of all places, the mid rounds, we were one pick away, and all of a sudden, what? And it was a trade up for it was a trade. (laughs) Tyler Biotish, right to Dallas. I know, I know. (laughs) Anyway, guys, have a great weekend. Oh, wonderful. You too, guys. Great show. Thank you. All right, folks, thanks for being with us. You can find, of course, Big Blue Kickoff Live on the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile uh, app, Giants.com slash podcast, and your favorite podcast platforms for Feegs and Datino. I'm Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live, everybody. Stay safe out there and enjoy the not-so-warm weather. (laughs) See ya.